Super Talk Mississippi media production. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi. Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm going to Mississippi. Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You are tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. We are joined by Rhino in the studio today. Now, don't forget to get a jump start on your Mississippi getaway by checking out visitmississippi.org today. And today we have a wonderful guest in our studio with us. So head on over to supertalktv.com to also see I'm not alone. I have with me writer David McGee. He's an award-winning columnist and an author of books, including his new memoir, Dear Will. William, which is what he's here to chat with us about, which was written to his late son who passed away of an accidental drug overdose. And while this topic is heavy, you guys know here on Good Things, we like to celebrate recovery. And there is a recovery twist uh, to it and resiliency. And I think there's some good that can come out of this conversation. So welcome, David. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. I know. And we, um, we're we happy to have you here. I know it's been a whirlwind. Now, when did Dear William first come out? So uh, Dear William launched on November 2nd. And Rebecca, we we did it at the on the launch day at the Ford Center on the Ole Miss campus. And it was me and my family on a stage. Um, and we were all together. And we'd all kind of been through this addiction journey together and survived on the other side, minus our late son, William. But it was very special to take that stage together as a family. And then we're talking about good things. We got to have fun at the end because uh, we had Charles Kelly from Lady A. Uh, a friend of mine play some music for an hour afterwards. So it was a night of celebration in so many respects. So November 2nd, and it's been busy ever since. It has been busy ever since. You may recognize the name, uh, David McGee, for, for various different reasons. But you blew up my social media feed <laughs> from all my friends who are connected with you in the story, who were sharing the CBS Mornings uh, uh, segment that just aired, I think, not too long ago. Yes. And then I was like, man, Mississippi really is a small, a small world. Um, how many friends we have connected but it's also a small world in terms of how many families struggle in silence, whether it's with addiction or sort of their own um, issues. And I always think it's a good thing to bring those to light. And I want to start with your TED Talk because I was really moved by it. You talk about starting out in Brokenville, mm-hmm. but you found your way to well-beingville. Mm-hmm. Thought very, very catchy. Appreciate <laughs> that. But that's a good place to sort of get an idea of right. where everything uh, really started to unravel for your family. So where was Brokenville? Uh. First of all, I just have to tell you, Rebecca, the concept of being here on Good News Show, if if a decade ago I was at the worst news show, like I, I was the disaster news, the disaster headline, and I thought about it. It, it, it was touching for me walking in to do this show with you because I appreciate so much the stories you bring to light, and it did dawn on me, whew. We've come a long way. So when I was in Brokenville, that was, you know, a couple of years before our son William died of an overdose, before our son Hudson nearly died at Fraternity House of an Overdose, before our daughter Mary Halley uh, was battling eating disorder. It was me, uh, one of the leaders of the family, the father who had uh, fallen to prescription Adderall. And it, it was given to me by a doctor, and I took it as prescribed. Uh, but let me be clear. I did go back to the doctor and talk them into upping the prescription. So I had some culpability in this. Um, I was always afraid of illegal drugs. Uh, but a doctor said, oh, well, you should try this when I was kind of dealing with the things we all go through in midlife. And, man, I took that pill and, bam, you know, I was incandescent. And I think I went home and told my wife, well, this is the best drug ever. And uh, I watched over 18 months. It eat away at me physically. <clears throat> it ate away at me uh, spiritually because I lost my empathy. I mean, it's speed. There, there's just no two ways around it. And I ended up uh, – my family was completely broken. I was almost in financial ruin. I was cheating on my wife. I didn't know who I was. And I remember telling my daughter, I don't know if I will ever feel normal again. I'd, I'd lost touch with normality. Which is a scary place to be, very broken. But also you bring it back to a very sort of human experience, which is taking a road trip. Mm. 
with William was still with you. You were right. headed, uh, I think it was snowing, and you were headed up mm. uh, to Knoxville, Tennessee. I don't even remember what you necessarily were traveling for. Um, but so much was going on. Mm-hmm. It was sort of setting the stage and foreshadowing maybe the next decade of your life. So right. for William, who was William then? Or yeah. who was William before then? Well, first of all, I'm so grad- glad you brought up the road trip. What I was doing was running away from myself, and I was running away from home. I had been hosting a small national cable daily television show, the David McGee Show oddly enough. Um, And uh, I was like, I'm going to go do this in California. So I'm just going to leave my family. My life is so broken. I I don't know what else to do. And my wife, who had filed for divorce, just such a loving person, she was concerned about me. And she wanted William to go with me. And William at that time was a college student at Ole Miss. And he was in the Honors College. And he'd been on the track team as a sprinter in the 400 hurdles and fluent in Spanish. And Uh, But at that time, we were starting to worry that maybe he had a substance issue. So I thought, okay, you know, he was shy and he was more square, but he probably self-medicated to help ease his shyness, right? And she kind of forced him into the car with me to look after me. So I thought, I'll make use of this time. I'm going to lecture William about the virtues of good living as we drive to California. And what happened is we go through this drastic weather, uh, a blizzard, um, coldest ever temperatures in New Mexico. It was just the craziest experience. Everything I say to William is bouncing back at me, though. And so that by the time I get to New Mexico and it's like 16 degrees below zero and we've been so close in the car, I'm taking a deep look in the mirror at myself. And I realize, oh, I have a problem. And by that point, I'm getting flushing the prescription Adderall down the toilet and realizing, how can I lecture my son about his illegal drug use when I myself am addicted to legal drugs? And what really is the difference? Was that really like a aha moment for you, David? Was it a long time sort of coming and feeling? Because I feel like for so many parents, I mean, you know, we talk at our children, not necessarily with our children. And we certainly mm-hmm. never look into the mirror and think that maybe some of our issues could be, you know, a reflection of theirs, which I think is is a beautiful point in your story, all together with Dear William. But, I mean, was it literally, because in my mind, very Mm. simple-brained, you had like a God moment there in the car, and it just a light switched, or was it kind of more of a a long feeling coming and you just finally surrendered to what you kind of knew for a while? Well, I definitely had a faith moment, and it (laughs) changed my life on the spot, Um And, you know, I had taught young adult Sunday school classes. I considered myself a believer, but I kept faith and had it in a manly way over on a shelf that I thought I could manage and really didn't even put it into play. And it wasn't until I had that aha moment um, and realized I'm just a small man and who am I to try to overpower the world? And um, there is a power bigger than me, and it is God, and I have to accept that fully and wholly. And I took that faith magnet and I put it together with belief, and um, you know, I found God's grace and forgiveness, and I was allow- able to forgive myself and just free myself of all the pain, and it changed my life in an instant. And um, you know, I don't think anybody that knows me would tell you I've never been the same since. And that's kind of funny coming out of my mouth. I'm not really an evangelical type. I'm a I'm a man who kind of tries to guard himself a little bit. So I'm just speaking it, though, because it's the truth. I can't really speak anything but that truth because it changed my life. So I'm curious, did you get back in the car, uh, David, and share with your son, William, that you'd flushed your pills down the toilet? Because I feel like yeah. I would have been like, look, look what I did. Yeah. You know, yeah. I flushed them down. Did you call your wife and say... Or was it? Oh, she wasn't ready to take my call yet. <laughs> let me be honest. Uh, but I did celebrate that with William, who celebrated it with me. And it's funny. We it allowed us to have this real honest conversation. And I had told him the day before in the car, somewhere in Oklahoma, in the snowstorm when it had snowed a foot and we're getting stuck in the snow. I had told him then, um, almost in a boastful way, I never did illegal drugs, and I was proud of that. And. Oh, I think what I said, let me clarify. I said, I never did drugs. And he gave me a big smirk. And he's like, what do you call that? And the only like, way kids can do it. Oh, right. And I'm saying it comes from a doctor. Uh, hello. He's like, but what do you think it is? Do you think there's a difference in that and, say, 
cocaine, which is a stimulant. And I said, besides the fact that one is legal and one is not, I get your point, you know. And he made a very valuable point, meaning, sure, there are children and adults and people that get it prescribed responsibly, and I'm not here to judge upon that. Let me be clear. Um, I talked a doctor into a higher prescription. He probably should. I, I, I will judge him. He shouldn't have given it to me in the first place because I'm not even sure what criteria I fit. Um, but I talked him into giving a higher dose. And I took it as prescribed mostly because I thought if I took it as it wasn't prescribed, I would use it up by the end of the month and then I'd be stuck. So I was afraid to misuse it because I was so addicted and um, it ruined me. I mean, it just absolutely, I, I do not wish that on anybody. And I didn't know, Rebecca, if I could get back, honestly. But you did get back, and there is there is more to the story, though, bumps and turns along the way for the McGee family, and we'll get to that and more coming up next. Hello, I'm Gary Jolly from the Tractor Store in Richland. Now's the best time of the year to save more with Mahindra. And it all starts with zero. Pay zero down and zero percent interest up to 60 months. That's more for less on many of Mahindra's best-selling models with tractors that deliver more lift, capacity, fuel efficiency, and built-in weight. So get zero down, zero percent interest for up to 60 months on Mahindra, the world's number one selling tractor, Mahindra, available at the Tractor Store in Richland. Philium Corporation knows the technology is constantly evolving, especially in these challenging times. With so many people working at home, securing and guarding your company's data on-site or remotely is more critical than ever. As we all adapt to the new normal, Pillium continues to help you stay secure and current with IT support and security and forensics, plus cloud services and networking, mobile communications, body cams, and in-car video systems. Contact us at Pillium.com. Smart people, smart business, smart solutions. It's a madness sale. We're back on the lot. The deals are astounding. Really? Stop the noise. Quality vehicles, affordable prices, Pinnacle Motors. It's what they're all about. Come see Steve Owen and the friendly staff and find a quality pre-owned vehicle with financing available and a warranty. Pinnacle Motors on the corner of Highway 471 and Baker Lane and Vine Street in Brandon and online at PinnacleMotorsLLC.com. Quality vehicles, affordable prices, Pinnacle Motors. What do your customers expect from you? Consistency, reliability, a healthy place for them to frequent, and fantastic customer satisfaction? That's the same thing you deserve, and you'll get it from Jenny King, the king of clean. We currently clean and disinfect over 350 businesses, buildings, healthcare facilities, schools, and offices here in the Jackson area with a 99.99% customer satisfaction success rate. Plus, our average customer retention rate is eight years. For your clean and healthy building, go to JennyKingCleans.com. That's JennyKingCleans.com now. Jenny King, the king of if you're about to start a project or remodel with wood, you need to think Miller Lumber in Richland. Since 1953, we've built a solid reputation of supplying quality wood at a lower price, like Western Red Cedar and Cypress Lumber, as well as a wide variety of patterns in pine, cedar, and cypress. Shop Miller Lumber for the best price new pine flooring and treated lumber in town. Miller Lumber, 551 Old Highway 49 South in Richland. Visit MillerLumberSales.com, 601-936-7099. Hi, this is Mark Shapley of M.M. Shapley Steakhouse. This past year, we were fortunate to see many new faces and reacquaint with old friends, and I believe I know why. Being from the Mississippi Delta, we learned how to entertain while creating a comfortable home environment, and that's M.M. Shapley's specialty. M.M. Shapley's is your place for award-winning steaks and homemade tamales. M.M. Shapley's, real, authentic, welcoming, fine dining. For reservations, visit mmshapleys.com or call 601-957-8000. This is Ben Shapiro reminding you to listen to The Ben Shapiro Show weekday nights starting at 9 p.m. here on 97.3 Super Talk Jackson. 
making your afternoon just a little brighter. It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi. things to do in Mississippi, so make sure you take some time today to go to visitmississippi.org and find out a little more. We're getting more into the topic of Dear William, which is David McGee's uh, memoir. It was written to his late son who passed away of an accidental drug overdose. And while the topic is heavy, I think the outcome is good. It has a happy ending. It has a happy (laughs) ending, but you know one thing is that we can connect on, whether you have a family member or um, a child who has struggled with addiction or you yourself. You know, we celebrate recovery here all the time. But as parents, I think, and I was reading your story or connecting with it earlier, David, every parent fears losing a child. Whether it's if if you The minute that child is born, born, that fear begins. Whether it's a a SIDS in the beginning, whether it's an accidental drowning, whether it's a car wreck, whether Mm. it's, you know, uh, whatever, you know, loss to addiction or any other ailment in between childhood cancer, it is something we can all sort of, you know, they be take there with their you. first breath in life mm-hmm. and our fear of them losing that breath begins. And there's so many listening today who have lost <clears throat> children uh, in an untimely way, mm-hmm. whether it's through the same avenues or not, the the pain is still it just sucks. God bless them all and we all no matter how we lost our children, we are all part of the same club and we all share that lingo and language. And there there's a truth that only we know. And um you know, you, you you can only know by walking in those shoes, and we don't recommend it to anyone. No, not at all. But we all experience loss as well. But in your story, though, David, you are very open about, you mentioned on the road to Brokenville, hmm. you flushed your pills yes. down the toilet, you made your U-turn, and it feels like you are back on the right track. You're getting everything, you know, back in order, at least trying. And then it feels like the world just sort of hit you with the ultimate whammy, which was yeah. William. Then, then yeah. I remember my wife. Her name is Kent. So um, uh, I remember my wife, Kent, um, when we're I'm getting back on my feet and we're getting our relationship back together. And I remember her thinking, oh, this has been so hard. You know, we, we averted financial ruin. We put our marriage back together. And I remember her saying something to the effect of, huh, I mean, certainly the worst is behind us now. And we had no idea because that's the way life challenges us and tries us that a lot of times when the storm begins, it keeps coming because there's so much at the foundation that the termites have eaten away at so much foundation where you think there's sturdiness, there's not. And so what happened is – you know, I was back on my feet. Our marriage was back together. But then the, the where those termites had been eating, then our children's problems began to pour out in heavily. And they had been festering, for lack of a better word, for some time. And, I mean, our family just erupted into a volcano of trouble. And, and, and you know, our daughter with eating disorder, our son, William, uh, who that time is a senior at the University of Mississippi at Ole Miss graduating, um, he goes straight into rehab for some substance abuse. Um, Our son Hudson, uh, right after the year before that, right after I got back on my feet, he's nearly died. He's found nearly dead and not breathing and and no heartbeat on on the Ole Miss campus at a fraternity house. And the doctor called me. I was working in New York, but getting back on my feet. And I come out of a meeting. I've got a phone call. He's like leaving me messages. He's going to die. And he said if he doesn't die, he's brain dead. He's in a coma. And I've I've restarted his heart just for you to get down here, and we're probably pulling the plug. And that was before our son William died a year later. And so our family – I remember Hudson miraculously comes back to life, though. And we're just exhaling. And my daughter, Mary Halley, um, the youngest, dad, how did we get so broken? How did we get from that, you know, the smocked outfits on the church pew with we felt like we had everything together and in Christian youth group and felt like we were doing everything right, but we did so much so wrong? How did you respond? Well, at that time, I didn't really know. But what I did have, I didn't have all the answers, but what I had was going back to that faith moment two years before or a year, a year and a half before, where I had had my aha moment and it changed my life. So when I faced all of this disaster, 
I was strong enough to handle it. And I was able with my wife to lead our family through it. And I was crumbling for nothing before, but now faced with this, with faith, with my two magnets of belief and faith put together for this power. I mean, I could feel the power. And so we were in the crosshairs of disaster and a parent's worst nightmare of losing a child almost and then actually losing one. But faith brought us through it. And I know people didn't give us a chance by that point. They're like, oh, well, this he made it through, but this will take them down. But it, it never came close to taking us down because we had we had that foundation. And in fact, <clears throat> it's kind of prophetic that I read where maybe William even asked you to uh, turn y'all's pain yeah. into a form of service, yeah. which you use that, uh, David, in the best way that you knew how, which is through writing. That's how mm-hmm. you made your career, um, you know, beforehand, yep. or I, I'm sure you still do to some capacity. Mm-hmm. So. How long did it take you to process all that to be able to even consider the memoir, the yeah. memoir um, dear William? That's a great question. Um, a long time. And in a former life, people would give you descriptions about me, David McGee, and they would probably say something like, you know, he doesn't have much patience. I, I was not known for my patience. And I'd gone through this life journey, and I had really learned. I'm not saying I'm great at it now, but I was like at a one on a scale of one to ten, or maybe a two. Um, so maybe I reemerged from this journey at more like a six or a seven, maybe a seven and a half. And as a writer, after William died, people would say, oh, you should tell that story. And I was like, I might one day. And he told me, William told me himself the week before he died to tell our story. But it wasn't time, so I let it percolate for six to seven years. I had to get – I was still in the middle of my journey. Our family was still in the middle of its journey. And I think that my maturity, both from an emotional intelligence standpoint, was still emerging. And I think to write in a way that people really want to read compellingly, that the writer, if you're going to write about deep family issues, there has to be an empathy and an understanding of others. And a lot of ego has to be erased. And I still was working on erasing a lot of ego. I still got work to do on that. But, um, you know, I just wasn't – I needed to take the time. In about 2019, I'd finally found who my birth family was. I finally knew my full identity. And I decided, you know, a lot of the work we were doing on the Ole Miss campus and elsewhere to help other students. And I thought, I'm strong. Our family is strong. Now is the time. And I started writing. You started writing, and it started touching people in a way I don't know that you were ready for. I mean, every mm. author hopes that their book catches fire, yeah. but this is wow. a this is a personal uh, topic to just have to kind of go on that media tour, which is just showing mm-hmm. up at your door. It's not necessarily that you had this big, great plan for a book launch, and then it, you know it's because I think the time is right. I think oh, um, yes. the timing is right for people who are terrified for their children when in terms of you know addiction. It's a time is right when people are trying to lean into something and bring their suffering to to light, but don't know how. And, you know, I just think it, it was it was right for the for the for the pick and for having a book like this. Mm-hmm. And going back to the children, though, I mean, generationally, it just feels like maybe the teens now, and especially the young adults in college. And I wasn't that far away from it, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm only 38, but I just feel like You're it's young. a different. I know a different <laughs> scene though for the eight, early 18 year olds, and oh. then you know the earlier teens. Do you do you feel like maybe hindsight you missed something like with? Well, I missed everything. Well, I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I didn't mean it like that. I just mean. And in, most parents I know are also missing everything. Hello. We're relating to our kids' stress these days. I think yeah. is where I'm trying. Okay, to say. so you bring up a great point, and this is. I'm going to spin this at the end of this since this is a good news show. So yeah. y'all, everybody, bear with me on this, okay? When when I was born in 1965. The average age that teens tried substances was 17 and a half. And so the image that people have of collegiate rite of passage and these innocent children getting to college to experiment and actually that was real because I think the average age of probably going to college was like 17, 17 and a half. So, so literally it was right at this doorway when they went off to college. By the time my children were teens – do you know what that age had dropped to? I don't want to know. 14. 
Mine's nine. Fourteen. My son Hudson, and he allows me to say this, he's ten years sober, so that's some good news. That is good. We lost one, folks, but we got a lot to celebrate. Uh, He had his first drink in the fifth grade. The fifth grade. And he was in youth group all the way through a senior in high school, till high school graduation. Um, And so... When, when it gets down to 14, you get a different picture that their, their rite of passage is happening in middle school and high school. So that by the time they get to college, a lot of these habits are fully formed, and it's it's beyond some colleges to be able to fix this. Yeah. And so things have changed, and we have to address that, and that's the work we're digging in and trying to do. And y'all are doing that with the William McGee Center for Wellness Education mm-hmm. and more at the University of Mississippi. But stick with us. we got more coming up next. From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, mostly sunny conditions, high near 73. Tonight, a 30% chance of rain, cloudy skies, low around 60. Thursday, showers and thunderstorms, high near 75. And for your finally Friday, mostly sunny and cooler, high near 52. This weather brought to you by our friends at Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile in downtown Bolton. Shop local. Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile, your building supply expert since 1871. At Clinton Body Shop, we really do take pride in perfection. And that's why we've been awarded the ICAR Gold Certification for our 30th year straight. Only 11 shops worldwide have accomplished this. This remarkable achievement can only happen with continuous training from ICAR and the manufacturers of the vehicles you drive. In fact, we're trained and certified by more automakers than any shop in the market. At a time when insurers are pushing more than ever for discounted and shortcut repairs that save them money, why not insist on Clinton Body Shop, where you get an OEM certified repair using certified parts? If an insurer tries to steer you somewhere else, tell them you want the shop that's certified by the manufacturer of the car you drive. We're located in Clinton and Richland or online at clintonbodyshop.com. I'm Lauren McGraw with GuideGo. I'm here to help you with your special events like picnics, reunions, or weddings. We have many options of luxury restroom trailers. No event too big or too small. When you got to go, please call Gotta Go 601-879-3969. Be sure and check out the newly remodeled Basils in Fondren, where you get simple food done well. And don't forget to drop by Basils Fountain View at the Renaissance. Go to eatbasils.com for online ordering for both locations. That's Basils. Due to a national blood shortage, Mississippi Blood Services is in critical need of donations to refill our supply. Please help Mississippi Blood Services recover their supply of much-needed blood. Visit msblood.com or call 601-368-2673 to find a location near you to donate blood today. That's msblood.com. msblood.com. Put more room in your budget during the President's Sale at Miss Kelly's. Give your space the upgrade you need and save hundreds of dollars off our already low prices. Plus, when you finance for 60 months, there's no money down required, which means you can walk out without paying and your payments are low. How about $3,000 in furniture and bedding for only $56 a month? Need it right away? Check out what's in stock and ready for you on MissKelly's.com. Live large on a small budget at Miss Kelly's President's Sale. 
I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. A Diamond Head City Councilman is being charged with one count of simple assault and one count of contributing to the delinquency of a minor. Alan Baran was arrested Valentine's Day after the 17-year-old victim reported feeling uncomfortable due to several of the councilman's actions. Baran allegedly touched the teen inappropriately and gave him beer. He was taken to the Hancock County Adult Detention Center and had a $2,500 bond set for each charge. Russia claims some of their troops at the border with Ukraine are pulling back, but the U.S. and its allies remain very skeptical. Congressman Stephen Palazzo believes Putin is playing games and that the Biden administration is sending all the wrong messages. The world watched Afghanistan. Our enemies saw it and they were overjoyed. Our allies were like, you know, is this, is this the beginning of the end of America? Um, can we ever trust America again? Hey, it's Richard Cross from Sports Talk Mississippi. Join us every day at 5 o'clock for the college football fix driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Speaking of Ford, they have the freshest lineup of 2022 SUVs in America. Like Ford Escape, Ford Edge, or Ford Explorer, all named 2021 IIHS top safety picks. The SUVs of the future weren't built for a few. They are built for America. Ford SUVs, see a Ford dealer near you and drive one today. Want to infuse new flavor into your favorite recipes? Try Polk's Smoked Sausages or delicious ham steaks. Add Polk's Garlic and Green Onion Sausage in your spaghetti. It adds just the right amount of spicy flavor. Polk's Cajun Sausage is a family pleaser in your famous red beans and rice. Your Bayou friends jambalaya is even better when you mix it with Polk's Ham and Sausage. And for Grandma's old-time chili recipe, kick it up with Polk's Original Beef or Pork Sausages. There's no buts about it, folks. Picky people pick Polk's. You know that nowadays, most people go online to look at a business before they spend their money. Are customers able to find you online? With the power of Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital, you can reach potential customers and get more referral and repeat business. Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital's highly trained and trusted staff is ready to work with you to help your business capitalize on the power of digital marketing. Call 601-991-2305 or go to stmmdigital.com to get started today. Upbeat, positive, and stories that make you smile. This is Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. delay in planning your Mississippi getaway. Everything you need to know is over at visitmississippi.org. We hope you're joining us too at supertalktv.com. So you'll see I'm still not alone here in the studio. I got David McGee. He's an award-winning columnist and author. His latest book, a memoir, Dear William, was written about his late son who passed away of an accidental drug overdose. And I hope that you have been as inspired as much as I have about their story of recovery and resiliency. And part of that is you created the William McGee Center for Wellness Education at the at the University of Mississippi mm-hmm. or, or Ole Miss. So what's going on there? What yeah. was the purpose with that? So the purpose is, you know, in my era when we were growing up, the universities were putting money in what we would call the infirmary, right? which is yeah. now student health services and whatnot. And I, I think that in the 21st century, universities like Ole Miss recognize that student well-being is, uh, runs a lot beyond just the sniffles or what you may encounter in a traditional um, health setting. And so We've worked to put together the William McGee Center for Alcohol and Other Drug and Wellness Education. It's named after our late son. We didn't ask for it to be. That was their idea, and we're so honored to use his legacy to get to help others. And But it really just provides a, a caring uh, support system. It, it, it does everything from students can go in for assessment. It can help them think through without what I'll call knee-jerk reactions. Like, this doesn't go on your academic record. It's separate from, say, the administrative end. It's in a caring environment of being able to really help students think through of where they might need some therapy, where they might need some support. Then once students get that, uh, there's also collegiate recovery programs they can be in where they can be in a safe spot and find support to continue their education. And so, you know, it works closely with the University of Mississippi Counseling Center. Um, it, uh, it, 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 we've had just amazing results, and, and we've been able to see some life sa- saved and uh, changed already. Um, 
But that work, Rebecca, is continuing and deepening. Now uh, the college board and its leadership and the university leadership a couple of years ago created the William McGee Institute also for student well-being. And it's like an umbrella organization, if you will, where the William McGee Center works to serve University of Mississippi students. It's under the umbrella of the William McGee Institute, which allows research and work beyond just campus, kind of in a classic way that a, a flagship university thrives like Ole Miss that's a research school where it, it, it it's educating and taking care of its students, but it's also endeavoring to improve life, say, in the state or others. And so the William McGee Institute, I think, gives us some unique opportunities um, to really work with different partners and create and find solutions that might be things that we could share with other schools, other universities maybe in the state, maybe other schools well beyond Mississippi. And so, this is definitely not an isolated no. problem, not in Mississippi, not just at Ole Miss. I mean, campuses all across the United States and beyond families of all kind. I read where you said we're, we're not anyone special, we're just mm-hmm. everybody. And I think maybe not every not every family has the same, you know, check the box mm-hmm. in terms of, of situations you Of the did. whole family going down, you mean? <laughs> yeah, ours was a little extreme. I do not recommend it. Well, but I think if you peel back the onion far enough, you probably would find that a lot of families... Well, that's just the truth. That, yeah. Uh, I mean, because... Well, first of all, let me let me say this. And, and part of our journey in being able for me to go write such an honest book as Dear William, you know, I had a lot of support from my wife who pushed me to do it. She's normally a shy and quieter person, but she pushed me to go deep. Um But it's really important for me to say that, you know, we're all in this together, just like you tackling this issue on this show. Um, I had others throughout the state, like a lot of people in Mississippi know members of the triplet family and a lot of, you know, so Chip Triplet and members of the triplet family. Now, many of the daughters are my friends and peers and they're married with different names. But that's just one example where they kind of join with me arm in arm, like, like, and they have a family foundation that is kind of help support our efforts as well and put it together. But they also, like, send me these text messages of encouragement on a regular basis. A lot of times it just brings me to tears. And, and I love them like my own blood. And there's a whole lot of others I can say. I, I pinpoint them because I want to make a point of it takes a village. And so I can sit here and talk like I'm doing this. The truth is I'm not. It, there's, a, there's a village doing this. And maybe I – in my family, we're just uh, maybe carrying the flag a little bit, right? But but there's a whole lot of people who are really behind this, pushing this ball toward the goal line. Well, like I, I mentioned, I think Dear William came at the right time, at the right season, where people were ripe and ready to sort of have someone talk about it openly, mm-hmm. share what everybody else is sort of struggling with, but then also offer hope. And I think that's what, you know, a lot of the wellness education that you're doing on campuses offers is hope. And then just sharing your own redemptive story, because what other option did you have, whether yeah. than pull up your bootstraps and try to find a positive way out of it? If not, your whole family would have crashed and, and sort of burned, and that would have done good for nobody. Speaking of the good things, though, are you surprised by all the good stories that have come from folks reading Dear William? What oh. are some the biggest surprises you've had okay number one biggest surprise in my face blushes when i say this people are writing me and they're strangers and every morning i get up and i have these long messages of people who found me on social media and stuff and they're not just saying and i'm sure this isn't true they're just telling me i guess what they think i want to hear i have all these people saying you don't know me but this is the best book i've ever read and i don't just get that once I show them to other people. I'm like, I don't understand what's going on here because I, I don't, I can't imagine that's true. And if I got one or two, I'm getting it all the time. And I don't, I have to be honest. I'm not sure it's true. And I still don't understand what's happening there because I, I, I don't know. I think that what it is, is it just as you said, I did work hard to write a better book than I'd written previous books, but I, I think that it, the book just speaks to so many people of where they are, so that maybe that just makes it better. So there are some I, I, there are some humbling things going on. Fortunately, when you've crawled across the floor like I have, and everybody else listening who's ever crawled across the floor, you know, once you've had that experience, my ego's still in check. When they tell me that, I'm okay. Like I don't, I'm not really thinking I'm, you know, the the next whomever writer. Um, I'm just humbled that people are reading it and it has struck them passionately enough that they want to reach out 
out with such passion. That's what I'm thankful for. But I am surprised by it, honestly, because it's coming pretty hot and heavy. How does the book read, Dear William? Is mm. it like a letter to William? Is it no, just your no, personal it, it, story? It, and I think that surprises people. Some people see the, the, the title of it and think maybe I've written this letter. What, the, what happens is I find him dead. And I was with him the week before, and he told me to write our, tell our story. That's the book you need to write. And I'm like, what? Well, the next week he dies. And I never seen him again. That was the last conversation we had. So I think people think maybe it is a letter to him. What it is is I find him dead, and I realize, you know what? This addiction problem and mental health issue and all this in our family, this is intergenerational. I can't just boil this down to my son's death because I had another one almost die the year before. And I've got a daughter struggling with eating disorder, and I'd lost my marriage and everything I loved over the same thing. And I thought it would be a crime for me as a writer to just write about, oh, our son we lost without taking a deep, hard look in the mirror. So that's the book I write. So I find him, and then I go back to the beginning. Uh, if my life in Oxford, Mississippi is an adopted child, uh, you know, adopted by a, a university professor, adopted out of Sellers Baptist Home in uh, New Orleans, and I didn't know who I was, and most of my life wasn't sure where I was going. Someone's listening to good things, uh, David. <clears throat> maybe they need to hear that they should look in the mirror, or maybe they're mm. hearing they should look in the mirror. Well, huh? I can guarantee you everybody should, should look, look in, the in the mirror. mirror. Okay, that's a scary vision for, for many. What's, what is your pep talk for go ahead and taking the deep dive and doing the personal mm. work? Because that's the work that matters. You can't force that on other people. Uh, when I wrote business books, one of the most valuable lessons I learned is about a culture of blame. And I learned that um, we tend to want to blame others or find cause, but usually we are the responsible party and we have to look in the mirror. And it does not feel good at all. But when we go do that work, when we look in the mirror, when we take full responsibility, honestly, that's the first step to be in a powerhouse in this life. Uh, once I did that, I found a whole lot of good coming my way because people saw a change in me. I'm going to own it, and I'm going to take full responsibility. People say, well, you don't have anything to blame for your, what happened to your family. I go, I, I don't know about blame, but I have responsibility. I'm their father. Absolutely, I have responsibility. It doesn't mean it might not have happened. All I know is I had responsibility. Which I feel like we can all um, find to be a good thing, and we can find our responsibility in our own lives as well as in our children's. Where can we get the book, Dear William? Uh, you can get Dear William at booksellers across Mississippi and anywhere, uh, but I love the ones like Square Books and Lemuri and this new Friendly Books and all of those. Uh, it's everywhere, Amazon, everything. Uh, last week, it you know it's been a national bestseller. Uh, it almost sold out of stock everywhere, but it's still available. They, they're restocking. It's back. You they're can find Dear William. There right. you go. Go do it. And it would be a blessing as this conversation was to me. So I appreciate you taking the time and come joining us in the studio. I feel like you'll be back. Oh, I'd love to come back. I love your show. I appreciate your optimism, and I appreciate you sharing our story. And bring the family. Uh, you need to get my wife on here. I just was I was just thinking, good minds think alike. That you, was your idea, that was my, mine. <laughs> you guys stick with us. we got a few more good things for you coming up next. Mind my own business? What's that supposed to mean? No, I was just thinking about all of the news of tax changes, insurance changes, regulations that are being passed down to business owners. I don't have the time to keep growing and to keep up with changing payroll regulations. I know. It seems like all I do is handle employee-related problems. You know, I hear PeopleLease can help. How can they help? PeopleLease can handle our payroll, taxes, employee benefits, and workers' compensation. They even offer an affordable and customizable 401k program and a 24-7 online human resource.
Resources Support Center for all my HR needs. Think of all the time we'll save letting People Lease handle our payroll and benefits administration. I'll be busy growing my business and letting People Lease take care of the rest. Sounds like a good business plan with People Lease. Let People Lease mind your business so you can mind your own business. Call now, 601-987-3025. That's 601-987-3025. Or visit freepayrollquotes.com for your free quote. Are the trees and shrubs running your yard instead of you? Let the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros take out your problem limb by limb. Baroni's Tree Pros is your complete tree, shrub, and stump removal service. No job is too big for the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. And with our superior cleanup, you can't go wrong. Baroni's Tree Pros, 601-345-8090. 601-345-8090. That's 601-345-8090. Or online at baroniestreepros.com. That's baroniestreepros.com. At Fillmore Buick GMC, we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means upfront and honest pricing, doing everything we can to make the time you spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your next Buick GMC or pre-owned vehicle at FillmoreBuickGMC.com. Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do. This is the closing agri-market report. At the close of New York Cotton Exchange, May cotton was down 129 to 119.49. July cotton was down 125 to 116.78. At the close, the Chicago Board of Trade March soybeans were up 36 and a quarter to 1587 and a half a bushel. May soybeans were up 35 and a half to 1591 and a quarter per bushel. March corn was up nine cents to six forty seven per bushel. May corn was up eight and a quarter to six forty five and three quarters per bushel. At the Mercantile April live cattle was up two cents to one forty six ninety two. June live cattle was up twelve cents to one forty two twenty five. March feeders down one twenty seven to one sixty seven forty five. April feeders down thirty seven to one seventy two seventeen. And at this hour, the Dow Jones is down ninety two points, thirty four thousand eight ninety seven. I'm Dixon Williams. So that's the Super Talk Mississippi Agri News Network. Dear Mississippi, it's our great honor to serve as your physicians. It's from that sense of service that we ask that you help protect all Mississippians and our loved ones by getting vaccinated. Vaccines are safe and reliable and even effective against the Delta variant. Getting vaccinated helps protect our children, supports our health care workers in their efforts, and help save lives. We understand that you may have questions. Please reach out to your primary care physician for answers. The choices our teens make on prom night can impact them for the rest of their lives. Hi, I'm Chris Howard, Executive Director of the Mississippi Department of Rehabilitation Services. Because vehicle accidents are a leading cause of brain and spinal cord injuries in our state, we have teamed up with the Mississippi Highway Patrol to show young adults the serious consequences of poor choices behind the wheel. To learn more or book a Please Return on Monday program at your school, please visit us at mdrs.ms.gov. That's mdrs.ms.gov. Where Mississippi comes to talk. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Weekdays here on Super Talk Mississippi. Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. wants to remind you there are some great things to do in Mississippi, plenty of events and unique places to visit. So go to visitmississippi.org to find out more. And there's more reasons to celebrate. In 2022, the national champion MSU Bulldogs, they're hitting the diamond for a new season. And for the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, they're celebrating their 100th year anniversary. This is all going down tomorrow during Sports Talk Mississippi Live from 3 to 6 right after us here on Good Things at Duty Noble Field. (laughs) I always say it with such insecurity, but I'm going to get it by the end of, I guess, today. You'll hear from players and coaches tomorrow to celebrate the opening of the college baseball season. Let's just hope the weather holds off for them tomorrow. I'm not sure what it looks like in the Oxford area, but we may be under weather 
uh, alerts here in the Central. So stay weather aware tomorrow. I don't know that the guys on Sports Talk are going to get that lucky. I think they may have a bit of a soggy experience going to and from Duty Noble tomorrow afternoon. But the good news is... The rain will get in and out in time for the opening weekend of college baseball, which all of this is celebrating, and it's the games that are that what really matter. Ah, so the games not actually yeah, tomorrow. The games will be in very very See? pretty weather. I still have so much to learn. <laughs> That's why you should tune in to Sports Talk coming up um, next. The best way though to stay connected with us here on Good Things is on the Good Things Facebook group. And Rhino, you shared a wonderful headline today about Buddy. Give us an update. Yeah, I actually missed out on this yesterday afternoon. The news broke yesterday afternoon. Uh, I think it was right around the time we got off the air with Good Things. But if you remember the story about 10 months ago of Buddy the dog who was intentionally set on fire and it burned his face pretty badly and he's had to undergo therapy and treatments and recovery and, and rehab over these 10 long months. But Buddy didn't give up hope and he didn't give up on humanity. And now Buddy is back. He's done with his treatments. He's done with his therapies for the most part. He's healed enough to where he gets to go home and he went he went home with the doctor who's been taking that. care of him this whole time. Which the last thing I had heard was maybe they couldn't find the right fit for Bunny. Which maybe not the right fit. That's not the. I don't mean that disrespectfully. If you're one of the, I think thousands who tried to put in applications to adopt Buddy, because trust me, it crossed my mind. You bring that baby to me. That baby had the best life he has ever had in his entire life living with the Turners. And I feel like so many would have fed that bill, but. It's a special story, and it's a special scenario, and just the fact that the... the well, there were worries because of his new sensitivities due to his injuries right. and healing that going to a home with more dogs or, or multiple dogs... Or children. Dogs might... might they, they're still doing it lovingly, mm-hmm. but they may play a little rough or do something, and it might injure Buddy. Right. And they don't want to have any problems with his healing and his his continued recovery. So that was a worry about him going to a home with multiple dogs. But they feel like he's healed enough and his recovery is far enough along to where they're going to give it a go and let him go home with Dr. Betsy and stay with her and her dogs and give it a trial run and test it out. But the hope is that Dr. Betsy will be his forever say. Dr. Betsy ain't never going to let go of Buddy. I know I wouldn't, and that's fine. They found each other. And the 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 beautiful part of the whole story is just that Buddy got a second chance, right, and that Buddy's getting an opportunity to know what it's like to be loved and cared for and to be healthy and whole and to enjoy life, you know, running around like a lab um, sort of should. So what a good ending to Buddy's story um, as well. And if you want to see more about it, all you got to do is go to the face page, type in Good Things With, Rebecca Turner will pop up, and just click Join. If you haven't already, we'll let you in, and you can see all about Buddy and more. And all the other great headlines and stories and topics that we find across the interwebs that are very Mississippi-focused, we dump them all in there um, every day or when they come around. And, yeah, and ask you fun questions and generate a good conversation where typically your feed is full of negativity and sad stuff. Although I did post something negative and sad today, I had a, one of those moments, you know, facepalm sort of moments. Y'all... Not only did I bring my lunchbox into the building, I put a banana and a barbecue packet in there because I was having a pork sandwich. And I got ready for lunch at 11.04 because, yes, as soon as the clock strikes 11, I'm hungry because it's been a while and it's that lunch hour. And I got so excited. I went over there and I opened up my lunchbox and there was a banana and there was a barbecue packet in there. And there was nothing else but a clothespin. I was so sad. And mad and hungry and frustrated <laughs> at myself. But, and I packed it. The sad part is I put the sandwich together. It's all in the refrigerator. I just well, there, didn't that's take the, the silver lining. Yeah. So I have lunch for tomorrow. Right. Because there's, there's nothing worse than forgetting lunch, leaving it, and leaving it out on the counter. To where when you get home, it's like, do I even risk eating it now, let alone saving it for tomorrow? But shout out to one of our Good Things favorites, Jeff in Oxford. You sent us Christmas cards this uh, past Christmas. I took that bad boy to Chick-fil-A, 
and the day was saved. So kudos to you. Thank you again for your kindness. You helped me out in a pinch. You guys stick with us. we got more for you. Coming up next, you got the boys with Sports Talk from 3 to 6. Rhino and I will be back tomorrow at 2. But until then, remember your lunch and take time for the good things. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.